the DC experiment. You're listening to the DC experiment. My name is Caleb. And I'm Dennis. And this is the DC experiment. <laughs> I got him back finally. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, I totally got I him back. I can see now. How annoying that is. <laughs> I, can, I can see it. Can you now, really? Yeah, I can. That's fantastic. That's great. So we have this week a special part two episode, part two interview yeah. with Joel Manby. If you have not listened, go back to last week, go back to last Sunday and listen to part one interview because it was amazing. Joel talks about his book and yes, you know, we're, yeah, it was a great book and Caleb actually got a chance to read it. Or listen to it on the audiobook version, right? And there was really great principles in there uh, for leadership and leading with love. And the book is called Love Works, uh, subtitled Seven Timeless Principles for Effective Leaders. If you haven't got a chance to listen to that interview, please do that first and then come back and finish this one. Yeah, I, this is part two of that interview. Um, and the thing that I like about it, and I could say this at the end too, is I don't know about you... Dennis, hmm? I'm talking to you right now, my yeah, friend. Okay. Is it annoying or is it just me when you hear all of these like motivational speakers hmm. spew all these cool little catchphrases and it's just like, you know, it's too much. Sometimes they're like all bubbly and all like, all you got to do is believe in yourself or, <laughs> or they'd yeah. be like, um, I can't even think of it of a good no, no, example right you. now. But the thing that I love about th oh, about this interview with Joel is yeah. there's none of that. Would there's you... no like peppy like. Uh, although we do start it with the the scene in Rocky, yeah, which I yeah. love, and we talk about which is true. It does. It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, but it matters how many times you get back up. And uh, I like how real this is. There's no fluff. There's no like. Just believe in yourself, and all everything is going to work out great. Yeah. This is like real life. Well, Joel, Joel really goes into his failures, yeah, and, that, and that's a thing that a lot of people don't talk about. We like to hide our failures. Yep. We like to kind of gloss over our failures. Yes, and, and just focus on the successes and what we do well. Joel went back and wrote a second edition to his book, right, because of particular failures that he had in his life and what he learned from them and how he still can apply those principles to those failures. Yeah, and his whole point is to be honest about it because, you know, it's easy to say, you know, do these 10 things, do these seven things, do right. this, and you're going to be successful and <laughs> life's going to be great oh, yeah. and life's going to be hunky-dory. Right. And that's not the reality no, of it. No. And that's what Joel and his friends t wanted to share. Like, hey, you know, you, sh you, you tried to live by these and we still had failure. Right. But... We're, we're moving on, and we're going to continue to believe in these principles, and we're going to try to keep continuing to do what's right. Yeah. And that's the cool thing that about is, it. That is. That really is. Is that it's not always going to be pretty. It's not going to always be great, but it, you know, we're going to keep, keep on keeping on. You know, things don't always work out the way you intend them to in life. They just don't. And I think, though, the, the concepts that he talks about from 1 Corinthians, we're talking about love, those, though, are timeless. They really are. When you yep. talk about seven timeless principles, those are those work all the time, right? Life doesn't go the way we intend it to. It doesn't go the way we want it to. Our plans fail as human beings. But God's principles don't fail, and God is love. Yeah. So check out part two of the interview. 
But um, I love that scene in the Rocky Balboa movie where he's talking to his son, where he's like, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, it matters how many times you get back up. Right. And that's what I love about yeah. you sharing that. And I know it was hard and personal, um, but to me, it made it great, Joel. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you for saying that. Yeah, you only have to get up one more time than you're knocked down to be successful and uh, whatever success your definition of success is. But to that point, I mean, it's a great point you just made, but let me hit on that, you know, what, what I talk about in the book in the later chapters. Another thing that's wrong with how we approach quote-unquote success in this world is it's so so much defined by position or power or money. Yes. And, you know, if, if people who read my bio, I've had all three, you know, I've, I've, I've been CEO for 25 straight years of four different companies and all that, that's all nice and good. But another thing I've, I would love to leave your listeners with is to me, the true definition of success is really what you what, what what you refuse to pursue or acquire. That's an old Agmandino quote. True measure of success is what you choose not to pursue, which I think is, you know, material material wealth for the sake of material wealth. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy, but it can't be an end in and of itself. Right. And have to be unselfish with it. But I also, the bottom line is your character is all you really have in the end of the day. And your relationships are all you really have in the end of the day. That is a great point that you're making. I'm glad that you brought that up because to me, in my mind, all I could keep hearing is prioritizing. And when I was uh, driving, listening to chapters 10, 11, um, and I talked about your struggle in SeaWorld and how hard you worked there and you was working seven days a week and 15 to 20 hours a day. And I'm like, where's his family in this? Like, and I'm thinking about that. And then sure enough, like come a few pages later, you know, you share the, the sad news about how it, that cost you your marriage in that situation. And what do you think drove you to put in those hours? What was driving you to to set your family to the side in trying to help this company? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it was, as I analyze it now, looking back, it's, it's a, I would call it fear of failure. Um, and I think a lot of men have that. I've always been incredibly competitive and I never like to lose in anything. And that's not necessarily a positive trait. I'm not proud of that, but it does, it does make me hyper competitive. And, you know, you don't, you don't get into Harvard and survive that, that system without being really competitive. I mean, they have a 10% force fail, no matter how smart everybody is, 10% the people go in every class. And if you collect a couple of those, you're booted out. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty competitive place. And, I was the same way in business and the same way in sports. So I'm not proud of any of that, but I think given I had never really um, failed in business, I just was determined not to. And let me touch on that for a second, because I think that's a very bad statement to say, hey, I never failed. I don't trust anybody who says they haven't failed. Um, 
I just had a really good run and, and was very fortunate in who I worked with and how I worked with that a lot of success for 20 years in business. It wasn't until I got to SeaWorld, I just ran into a wall on a lot of levels. But I think if I had failed more early on and learned to live with failure, I, I would have handled it differently um, and just accepted some of the cards that were against us way outside of my control. I mean, so much at SeaWorld was way outside of my control and uh, or influence, um, especially the animal activists and kind of their heartbeat. So I would encourage people, don't be afraid of failure. Go ahead and fail. You'll learn from it mm-hmm. and you'll move forward and you'll be better because of it. But for me, I think there was too much fear of failure. And um, that was that was a big, it's a negative, it's a good thing. So how do we, how do we as, as husbands and fathers prioritize, you know, our identity? Cause you talked about, you know, a lot of times we wrap our identity up in how good we do in our careers, whatever. How do we, how do we prioritize and, and wrap our identity in not only being a good uh, employee or a CEO and, and a good father and a good husband? How do we do that? <laughs> you know, I'll give you an answer, but I'm also, I, I can't say I was a subject matter expert because I, I don't think I did it well enough. But, but the answer is discipline, and it's the answer to stick into what you say you're going to do. I mean, I, I had my four roles, not only the seven words of love, to, as I said earlier, but in my quiet times, when I did have quiet, I didn't have quiet times every day, but when I had them, I would look at my four roles. I wanted to be a committed husband. I wanted to be an available father. I wanted to be a loyal friend and a loving leader. So a husband, father, friend, and leader. And I defined what that was, and that was success to me. But I didn't stick to it. You know, I said those words, and I repeated it, but deep down on my soul, and I still think it's because I grew up poor um, to me, I didn't get a lot of accolades from my father because he was too busy trying to do his own. He was trying to survive. I think the way I, I, I received any praise or reinforcement was in sports or academics to excel. And so I was just very driven. Um, I think the right answer is if we truly are Christians and we truly believe that, that Jesus is who he said he was, being those four words, the father, the husband, the, the friend, and the, and the leader alone and staying consistent, that should have been enough. But for me, for whatever reason, I said those things, but I didn't act like it. So I told my wife I loved her, but I I worked like a dog or I, you know, was did, did other things that were wrong. You can't, you have to be consistent to what you say you're going to be. And when I didn't, it cost me dearly. And so what? I would tell people, just please be consistent to who you say, because that's what makes you content is being consistent with who you say you're going to be. I and how do you that. do it? You quit worrying about what other people think. You quit worrying about people that you don't even love or really care about. Caring, caring how they thought is too much of my disease. I mean, I'm being very transparent here, but as, a, as I said, a three on the Enneagram, you tend to want to please other people. I should have worried a lot more about 
pleasing my own my own family but i think i took that all for granted well too much. i think <laughs> it was kind of like what you're talking about about marrying the do goals and the be goals and i mm-hmm. liked where you talked about that in your book about you know we have a list of here's what we need to do but to marry those uh be goals into that and to live those and and put them into action with the do goals um and it's redefining what success is you know in right. in our society in our culture we you know uh, a, a successful career making a lot of money having a lot of things and the older i get the more you realize well you can't take any of that with you all of that is is kind of yeah. meaningless and it's like uh you know the song of solomon where he talks about everything is meaningless the only thing that matters is what you do with your relationship with christ and your relationship with your family and your friends a few a few really good friends and you're right and i think you ask a great and simple question but but it's great is how do you do it you stay disciplined and if you're getting off track you talk to people you can really trust and get back on track. And hopefully everyone's in an accountability group or a mentorship group where they're they're They are not judged and, and, you know, people, people get them the help they need in whatever area, but you're right. It's, it should be easier than it is, but it's not. And I think a lot of it is our society is under, under appreciates, the, the the B goals and for the, those listening and haven't read the book, do goals are what all of us have in anything we do in life. You got any metric for business or even leadership. You have to increase sales or have a certain number of listeners or, or a profit or a profit margin. B goals are what kind of leader or person do you want to be? And at Hershend and at SeaWorld, we define those as the seven words of love that are in Love Works, the book. And But most organizations don't really follow that. They may have a set of values on the wall, but they don't institute processes to put their money where their mouth is. And that's, you've, you've got to you know define it, you have to teach it, you have to reinforce it, you have to train it to people that has to be part of your promotion policy. You have to put pay plans together that reinforce it. All of that behind the beagles as well as the do goals. And that's just on the business side and the personal side, you know, it's the same thing. We just have to, we have to focus on who we want to be, not just what we do. And, um, that's just a very important thing. Well, I agree. And I think it is. It's redefining what success is. If we could say, you know, being a uh, dedicated, loving husband and a dedicated, loving father as successful, no matter how much money you make or what you're doing, that's success. You know, um, telling other people about Jesus, that's success. Because we, especially for me, the older I get, the more you realize how short time is here on this right. earth. And it's very short. It's very short. No, you're, you're, that's a very great comment. And as someone who has gone through a, a failure on the who you are piece, I can tell everyone with huge regret. It is the biggest regret of my life. And if I could do life over again, I would, I would just not let it happen. And I didn't want it to happen, you know, but my my wife was justified in it and 
you know, it is what it is at this point, but, and I have a very fortunate, you know, two years later after the separation, I met a wonderful woman. I recently remarried, so I don't want to be all dark that it's a, you know, there, there, I did come through it and there was another side that's very positive, but I would still say, um, it's, it's the greatest regret and just don't let it happen. Don't, don't, don't stray from what you say is important to you in your life. Um, just don't, don't, don't do it. And on your later in life, as you age, the success stuff really doesn't matter. It's, it's, it is your relationships and you're right. It's your family, it's your friends, it's your kids. And that's a very small circle in the big picture and nobody else really cares. All right. <laughs> and, uh, and you shouldn't either. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that's so true. So if you if you could, would you still pursue the type of career you pursued, or would you just go be a mechanic somewhere and be home at, every night at five o'clock? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I don't think I'm wired to be that way. I think that I do think there is a way to balance it. Um, so I'd have to say no. But I will tell you, if I had to do it all over again, I would not ever go to a public company. Um, being a CEO of a private company, I've you know I've been public and private, large and small. I've, I've kind of been a CEO of all four. I would never go to a public company again because of the demands are way beyond what anybody thinks. The hours, the complexity of it, it is it is more than a full time gig. It, it completely eat you up anytime you know the, the the problem with our world our markets is this 90-day cycle these quarterly reports that um way too many short-term decisions are made that aren't really the benefit to the long term of the organization but that's a whole different story so no i wouldn't do it all di differently i would just stay in private companies that are run by people that i trust and respect and then it, it's all very possible to have that balance but if at SeaWorld, I, I articulate in the book, you know, we don't have to go into it here, but there were a couple board members that, um, you know, to me crossed the line of really being evil <laughs> more than uh, just self-serving. And you know, I, I, I stayed too long working with, with people I should not have been working with is, is the best and shortest way I can put it. Well, I like so that, that I would definitely, I would never work with people I don't trust again. Well, I think that's huge too. Like, um, I like that you mentioned in the book. You you have to do self examination and be honest with yourself, and then stick to that. So, if you right. do have principles that you want to stick to, and you're working with someone who doesn't um, align themselves with those principles, you've got to say, "Nope, I draw the line." Whether and then just deal with the consequences, whether it's uh, not making as much as you wanted or or whatnot. But at the end of the day, are we have to live with ourselves? and be true to ourselves yeah no you're right exactly right and i think again my fear of failure and there, there was certainly part of me that felt like i left an amazing job to come to this firm um if i quit i leave with nothing mm. and you know like you can't go back you can't go back to where you went came from because they had filled a position and you know that's just not the right thing to do anyway um and there was part of me that said, if I'm sticking this out, because we were, so we, the numbers were turning. I mean, we had turned the company and our sales were better. Um, and it was the year, the year I left. 
I mean, actually two years, two weeks after I left, they had their earnings report, which the numbers were already up quite a bit. So uh, the stock jumped about 25% just two weeks after I left. I left because of disagreement with the owners that I couldn't get along with, but it wasn't over how the year was starting to shape out. Oh, I felt, I I really did. I felt your pain (laughs) reading that. And I was like, if if I can feel it, I can't imagine living through that um, because you did. You struggled. You believed in these principles. You had these thoughts, and you were fighting against this brick wall the entire time. And then at what cost? You know, all of the things that it cost you. Like you said, at, at the end, it was uh, the marriage and the job itself. And, I mean, it was just, to me, it felt very spiritual. You know, everything is spiritual. And there is a there's an attack on the family and there's an attack on men who try to stand up to do what's right. But that's that's why I love your story, and I think it's important to share, because it's okay to fail. It's okay to have failure, because we're not perfect. But the fact that we continue on to try to live those principles and, and then try to be the husbands and, and fathers we need to be and, and not give up and say, you know, it's too hard, it's too difficult, I'm not going to do it, I failed at it. And so I respect you tremendously, the fact that you're just continuing on with those principles. Well, I appreciate it because it is, and you see it's a very common tale that you've touched upon that I would also encourage people. What's way too common of a tale in our Christian world is people are in the Christian church and they fail in some way. Um, The church isn't very adept at keeping them in and keeping them loved and keeping them forgiven. And so they tend out of shame to just leave the church. You never see them again. Um, And then they often get bitter at God at the same time. I, I think what the church needs to be better at is loving people, forgiving people because Jesus forgave them. They should be able to forgive the person who did wrong. Now it's different story. If it's repetitive over and over and over again, then there's not remorse and there's, no request for forgiveness but when those things exist i do think it's we could do better as a culture to accept those people back in and um that's part of the reason i I just refuse to me if i gave up my love i i've i so firmly believe that jesus was who he said he was it's the only answer that we have i mean every other alternative is pretty bad and they're ones that i don't accept yeah it's the Um, only thing that gives me hope yeah right i mean i i tell my children i'd i'd rather be wrong and believe in jesus than you know be wrong and not yes yeah exactly and And not have anything uh, to hold on to right so and there's a lot of evidence that we could go into of why it is true and but that's that's a whole different podcast. But um, so, I would just encourage people to to stick with it, no matter what. So, Joel, I'll give you the last word. What would you like to leave our audience with? Uh, those men that are uh, going through hard times or 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 tra- having a hard time prioritizing what's important in their lives. What would you leave? Yep. Leave us the with short, the really short answer for the podcast is to be truthful. To be truthful with yourself, and that's hard to do sometimes. And then be truthful with your spouse and, and, and get through the difficult times, but don't hide things. Um, it just never wins. You have to be truthful. It, the truth always does win, even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment. Um, you know, I, I will pitch the, the book does have a lot of good 
learnings from what I went through, both what not to do and what to do, kind of five of each. And we don't have time to go into all those. But if people are struggling and they want some good tips, they, they can get the book on uh, love, joelmanby.com. It's there. And if they buy it there, they, they also get a free video series on how to lead through a crisis like we're going through, mm. um, which is something that's an added benefit than, let's say, getting it at Amazon. It's the same price, but um, that's just a pitch for getting it through the website. And I have blogs on some of these issues as well as joelmanby.com. But my one tip would be be truthful. Um, and it's hard to do because the world pictures with social media everybody puts out the success the success and i think that's why we're seeing increase in suicide rates with children and so forth is we're not seeing the truth out there we're seeing a big facade and people realize that life isn't what is put up on facebook and then they get depressed and oh exactly we, we have to have these conversations to break through that myth that life can be difficult but um when you're surrounded by people who love you and it's a wonderful, wonderful experience that, you know, I just love every single day. So hopefully that helps. You know, if I, as I told you before we started, if I help one person listening, even if it's you to, to not make the same mistakes I made, it's worth my time and effort. Um, would love to have people pick up the book, but if not, um, yeah, hopefully we've shared enough here to, to help people get through this COVID crisis craziness that we're going through right now. It's a very tough time. I'll say at 61 years old, uh, I've led through a lot of crises. Um, nothing as systemic or long-term as this one has been. It's really tough and uh, people need encouragement and we will get through it. There will be a vaccine and we'll recover very, very quickly. But in the meantime, we just got to grit it and get through it. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you, Joel, for, uh, your willingness to come on and share a lot of personal stuff about your life too. But I, like I said, I think it's it's crucial. F like I said, it's that whole fakeness of Facebook to actually share something real, to share the struggles and how we can get through it. Man, that's to me is more helpful than anything else. And so I just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing um, and being a part of uh, our podcast. Sure. Well, thanks, Caleb. I, I love your podcast and what you're trying to accomplish and keep doing it. Keep pushing. Thank you, Joel. Thanks, Caleb. Be truthful. That's it. That's it. Comes down to you know, and not only that. I think he said something about you know, if you have, if you surround yourself with people who care about you, and you know, and then the the truthful part. But all, all that yeah, stuff, the thing is, you have to be right? truthful with them, though. Yeah, it doesn't matter well, who you surround yourself with right. if you're not being honest with well, them. And they but need to be, be honest truthful. with yourself. They need to be truthful with you too, and right. not just blow smoke. Yep. Right, not just pat you on the back and go, oh, you're such a good guy. Right. Right. That's probably why I am one of the best friends you've ever had in your life. Well, so, totally. Because I don't I, think I've ever got a pat on the back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, yeah, exactly. We're truthful with each other. Yeah. And we have to be honest with ourselves. Absolutely. And with each other. Yep. And I am thankful for you for that. Oh, Superman. That's, to that's... Uh, have 
kind of an accountability with you. Yeah, I'm definitely and, blessed. Uh, yeah, me too. And I appreciate you that we can be honest with yeah. each other and even about and, the hard things. Yeah, and then and then and then the thing is, is we know each other pretty well. And so when yeah, even right. when I try to blow a little smoke <laughs> your direction, you're like you're blowing smoke in my direction. Yep. You know, be honest with yourself, Caleb. Right, right. And you're like, dang it, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with each other, you know, we want to, I want you to be honest with me and I want to be able to be honest with you too. So that means we have to be safe for one another to be honest with. Yes. And I appreciate that you're that for me. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Joel talks about that. And once again, you know, Joel, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Yep. Thanks, Joel. We appreciate your time, your, input your uh, wisdom your, your, your life experience yeah, your book gone through a lot and the fact that you're sharing the success and the failures which yep. is awesome it's and great. i so appreciate that it's great leadership yep um for the dcxp family you know again please rate us and rank us share yep. this yep. on your socials because yep. it's a message that please needs do. to be shared yep send us an email the dcxp at gmail.com uh and uh you know I'll, well let's pump it up man go out and buy joel's book love works yeah or go get the audio version, audio man. Version, to me, the audio, like audio version, version was powerful, cool. too. Yep, you get on your Kindle, probably. You get on your, you know, audio, whatever thing you listen to. Audible, whatever it is. I don't know. That Well, yeah. It's, yeah. Is that what it is? That's where I got mine, was okay. the book app on yeah. the iPad. Yeah. Sweet. The DC All right. Experiment. We'll see you Wednesday. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.